Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Bahar Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Parshas Bahar. The topic of Aliyah is the slaves of need. This Aliyah is eight psukim long from Perak Chofe, Pasuk Lamentes to Memvov. Basic overview and then some points to ponder. We're told that if a person becomes impoverished, and he is sold to you. So let's say now this person is no longer selling their land, they're selling themselves. They reach the point where they now financially need to sell themselves. Where the Torah says, Do not make them work the, the menial labor of a servant. Rather, they should be treated like a, a schir, a toshav. There should be a resident in your house until Yovel, and then they return. And you also have to make sure that at the Yovel, they return to their, 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 to their families. Um, at that point in time, they will return. Why? Ki avodai heim. They are. These Jews are my servants. I took them out of Egypt. You cannot sell them as regular slaves. You know, and there's another admonishment again against loisir do Also, another type of strong labor is disobeyed. However, the Pesukim do continue to say, but you may take servants from me'esagoyim asher sevivoyseichem, you can buy servants and maid servants from them as well. This refers not to the seven nations of the land of Israel, who are meant to be removed from the territory. Rather, we're referring to people outside of that as well. And they may, may be um, slaves, and in fact, they are meant to be transmitted from generation to generation. There is no limit of the Yovel for such slaves as well. Um, and uh, there's a mitzvah to, to, to continually enslave and continue to keep them as slaves. There's a lot of things to think about in Aliyah. Number question number one is why, what is disallowed by a Hebrew slave? What is what is uh, Avodas Oved? Rashi explains Avodas Oved refers to Avodas Ganai, disgraceful work. What is disgraceful work? Disrespectful. You ask them to carry their your clothes behind you to the wash house. You ask them to put your shoes on. Rather give them gainful employment like fixing, sewing, building important things, things which are important and and significant and respectful. Another thing which is also not allowed is Avodas Perach. What is Perach? That uh, reminds us of what was go- going on in Egypt. Rashi explains that this refers to asking for something you don't really need. Useless work. Please warm up the water and you don't really need the water. That makes a person and their work useless and meaningless. That is disallowed. You'll notice an interesting thing in the Aliyah. And it says that it talks about the children of the person who is sold. That his children will leave slavery. Wait a second. The children are in slavery? No, that's not what it means over here. Rashi explains that the children are not in slavery, but the master must take care of the slaves or the slaves' children, the Hebrew slaves' um, children, because that is the responsibility of the master. Being a master or a Hebrew slave requires a huge amount of responsibility to that family as well. Why is it so important to treat the Hebrew bondsmen so well? So the Torah explains, Avodaiheim, they are my servants. Rashi explains, Shtari Kodem, my document preceded everybody else's. What that means to say is, Hashem says, you are earmarked as my slaves. You do not have the right to be the slaves of anybody else as well. That means to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, it's not because you're free people. It's because you're indentured to me that you can't be indentured to another person. No one human being can take ownership of another human being because I am your master. It's a religious realization, not simply the freedom from now, how do we understand the status of non-Jewish slaves? A very, very difficult question to ask because it seems in this case, in our, in our earlier, that as opposed to the Hebrew 
bondsman, as we could call him, which has very many regulations and is very much a mild form of slavery. It's really a sort of a rehabilitation program for the person to financially regain their footing, and there's a limit to it. When it comes to non-Jewish slaves, that does not seem to be the model. There seems to be a little more, a little more flexibility in terms of, of the master's privileges, and there seems to be also no end term. So how do we understand this in our, our sensibilities now? There are a lot of halachas which are important to realize that there's no demeaning service, there's no, um, um, as well, that, that, that there's, there are the runaway slaves are to be protected. There's a lot of, a lot of important things to, to, to learn and study in this, in this case. However, it's very, it is very hard to understand. One thing which is worthwhile noting, <clears throat> that Rav Hirsch refers to himself in Sefer Shmois Perigirbeis Pasuk Memeches, where he notes the following observation, and that he says is that uh, as opposed to the nationalities of many nations today, if you ask yourself, how does one become American? How does one become German? How does one become English? There are different answers. What warrants your passport in each of those countries is a very different answer in each country. Well, the question is, is what makes you a Jew? And that question is not so simple. As Rav Hirsch says, every human being can make his past his own and enter the circle of the redeemed ones. Neither descent nor the right of birth in the country are considerations for the right to enter the constitution. Only that which man carries within himself, only that which is truly born, uh, truly human in a human being, weighs or weighs ought this uh, in this consideration. The native-born Jew loses all values if he becomes a ben nechor, estranged from Judaism. The born heathen receives full and complete equality of rank as soon as he enrolls himself to be the, uh, into the Jewish bond with God. This Torah state grants simple right, a simple right of domicile with all the rights of private citizenship as remarked above to every human being, even if he does not become, does not become a Jew, as long as he recognizes the duties which lie in the calling of every human being. So what Rav Hirsch is saying in a very profound sense is that Judaism is not simply a birthright. It can be, but it's more than that as well, is that people can choose to be part of it as well. And therefore, this is not simply an exclusory racist um, this is actually an institution, and this is an enterprise of meritocracy. And people can choose to become Jewish with all the privileges that it comes with at any point in time. That is, their, that is the decision. However, in, from the more the historical perspective, uh, Jonathan Sachs makes the following observation as, as follows, and he says the following, Why did God, God not say there should be no more slavery? The Torah has already given us an implicit answer. Change is possible in the human nature, but it does take time. Time on a vast scale, centuries, even millennia. So slavery is to be abolished, but it is a fundamental principle of God's relationship with us that he does not force us to change faster than we are able to do so of our own free will. Slavery in the old, in the old world, in the world of, of the ancients, was something which every society had. And it took a while, and society developed morally, and society got to the point where they realized that, that this was not the correct thing. It took them, America a lot longer than a lot of other countries. But finally, finally humanity on the whole abolished slavery. Still today, it's a, it's a major problem in some of the third world countries. But on the whole, this was a moment that humanity was able to come to. But it took time. It takes time for human beings to get there. HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows human beings to understand the implications and understand that it's going to govern the way that certain institutions are run. With the, in, and if one reads the Torah carefully and understands the innuendos and understands what the Torah really wants, one will re realize that the Torah doesn't want this institution. It tolerates it until the point that we have the ability and the moral understanding to know that this is not what was meant to be. This is the end of, Pasha, uh, of the Sixth Aliyah.